Is it time for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to end? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books. Who's we? We is me, DJ Wooldridge. And with me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hi, Roxy. Hi, DJ. And Roxy, before we uh, went live, you were you were talking about some personal trauma that you yeah. went through. Yeah, it's been Invol- a very hard time for me, DJ. Involving the Golden Bachelor. Yes, yeah. I spent a big chunk of this year watching the golden bachelor rooting uh-huh. for the golden bachelor having investment in the golden bachelor and then i all of a sudden the episode hadn't even aired on this coast the west mm-hmm. coast and i'm clicking through not twitter not x yeah not not the the trades i'm clicking through instagram story and all of a sudden i got that shit spoiled for me yeah I know who the loser is and yeah. therefore know who the winner is. And I think that that is just devastating, DJ. So it is traumatic. And I appreciate you acknowledging me in my time of need. Yes. So um, you were mentioning kind of like uh, uh, social media etiquette and stuff like that. And I feel like w- when it comes to similar to a lot of other etiquette, I feel like post pandemic, all bets are off. Like nobody, it doesn't, it, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> That's wrong. And yeah. you want to know what I did, which I just have no filter anymore. I got to work on this in 2024, but it's yeah. not a 2023 Roxy problem. Yeah. I started DMing people. Why? I said, why would you do this? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this? I think I actually did it. I will read you one of my actual DMs. This, Please. Is something that I, this is something that I actually sent somebody that I do not speak to. I said, why would you spoil it this mm-hmm. quickly? I, oh my God, I am devastated. Yeah. And they wrote back, it's all over the internet, LOL. I don't give a fuck if it's all over the internet. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Why are you Why are you contributing to it? Just because everybody else is doing it. And I know that it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Mm-hmm. Don't go around DMing people. It's a really messed up time in the world. I don't know if anybody's noticed. But <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention. This isn't the biggest of the to-dos. Yeah. But to me, I was like, why'd you do that? Yeah. I will say, I will say that with some stuff, like I have been in general for a while now, I've been ill at ease. And there's moments when you're like, is it, am I mad about this thing? Or is, the, or is my reaction to this a symptom of all the other things that are stressing me the fuck out right now? <laughs> and you, it's not, I can't oh, say, I can't say. A little column A, a little yeah. column B, but like, there's just, I'm very, very upset about it. For me, uh, recently, I, when I was playing the Spider-Man 2 video game for PS5, when I was just scrolling through Instagram, there was, there was probably not like a major reveal that I didn't see some sort of like, guess this, can you believe this thing happened? It's like, dude, guys, the game just came out like two days ago. Like, what are we, I, I have things to do. I wasn't able to play it. Uh, the good news is for me with that is with, this is going to sound weird, but with the advent of like, AI and bullshit. I never knew. I like. I'd see it quickly. I'm like, maybe it's bullshit. I don't know yet. You know what I mean? Sometimes it was. What? No, actually, all of it was. All of it was spoiled. But, but there's still that like uh, that kind of it's similar going into like No Way Home. Like we all knew, Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield were in there, but maybe they weren't. And so it still felt like a surprise when they showed up. (laughs) I feel like 
there's different amounts of times for different things. And yeah. A, a video game, like a react, a reality show, Bachelor, Golden Bachelor, I understand if a day or two later you do spoil it. Mm-hmm. Because that's how quick that cycle is, right? Yeah. But Night Of hasn't even aired on the West Coast. Yeah. Like, Hulu doesn't drop the episode until 2 a.m. Yeah. And this person tweeted this or or insta story at 6 p.m. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't even view it yet. Do you think people view it differently because it's reality TV? Like the idea of spoilers isn't as part of the reality TV culture? Or is that just me being ignorant of reality TV culture? I don't think you're wrong because here's the one the one caveat to me is thinking that you shouldn't spoil anything. Like, I don't think you should spoil TV shows, movies, video games. I don't think you should spoil any of that stuff. The one yeah. caveat is that I have no issue with anybody who spoils sports because mm. that is mm. like meant to be watched live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe people look at reality TV like sports. Like, if the Celtics win, I'm not not tweeting or Instagramming, like, congrats, Celtics, on your victory Yeah. immediately after. You know, I can do that immediately after. But I know people like my dad tape every single game, and they watch them on not- at night. Interesting. So, like, that there are people who would probably be like, what the fuck? You mm-hmm. know, like, didn't want that spoil. But to me, all is fair in sports and yeah. tweeting. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I do think that maybe that's how they feel about reality, but that's, I don't think that's the same thing. It's tough too. It's tough. Like the, I, I am. Um, so I think with, for me, for me, and you're right. I think we should all come to a consensus on this stuff. We should all have a quorum <laughs> about it. There should be a gonna, law. Every, there law. should be laws on the books. Now everybody, cause I think everybody has different standards. I think for me, if it's something like a movie and like I wouldn't, you know, you and I get early screenings. I wouldn't spoil something post early screening, obviously. But like the weekend it comes out, I might post something relatively spoiler because it's out, especially if it's like an event movie, like everybody's seeing it. Like there's a reasonable expectation that everybody who gives a shit has seen it. Maybe that weekend, I get a little, I get a little more frustrated with that, that the the that the people fe- feeling the immediacy that we need to get that out there immediately with something that is more long form, like the, the Spider-Man game example, like how many hours did I put into it? Maybe like 20 plus hours. It's like expecting people to have gone through. And this is, this is a, this is a pretty significant pet peeve I have with the Netflix model that it's like, I'm not going to sit down and watch 13 hours of a TV show over the weekend. I have things to do. Uh, so the idea that like that expect in it, that expectation that, you are obligated to have sat down and and spent an entire day on this one piece of media or else you're out of the loop. That's insane. I remember to me. when we had to do that. Yes. When you and I have had places where we had to do that and it was like torture. Yeah. And then but like you got to get it out there because otherwise it will get spoiled for you. I mean, it's the Marvel, DC, uh, even like Stranger Things of the world mm-hmm. where it's like, okay. I guess this is the next eight hours of my life because if it's not, I don't get to ever enjoy it. Yeah. Because it will be ruined for me. Yeah. And I, I like that for the most part, um, they're not. Every other streamer doesn't seem to have that model. And I believe Echo, all the episodes are dropping for Echo, which is interesting. And then for uh, What If, um, they're dropping a new episode every night for an entire week. Um, and I just I, I didn't get a chance to tweet this, but I do feel like it's nine episodes, but 
There are like it's like a Christmas thing. Hey, it's crazy. These nine episodes are dropping every day, and I'm like, guys, Hanukkah's right there. Drop two episodes one night, eight nights. You know, it's right. It's literally, it's just literally right there. But you, why? Nope. You know, I'm not the one making those no calls. No one acknowledges Hanukkah. The amount I'm, of times that this week, everybody's been like, "You need to come at work to a work event at night over Hanukkah." I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, it just, it just feels like the city. It's night. It's just the. It, 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 I don't know. It feels like a slam dunk to me. But whatever. I'm not the one making those calls. Um, yeah, I also think, DJ, there is a difference between platforms. Like, for some reason, I feel like you're not safe on X. That's where people live tweet things or, yeah. like, share their thoughts live to about award shows or movies or TV shows, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Instagram story doesn't feel like the place to spoil something. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't a person talking. It wasn't a person – like, the people weren't like, oh, oh I can't believe that blah, 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 one on The Bachelor. It was – images of the of the episode Mm. Mm -hmm. people posting images of the episode that therefore you know what's happening and i was like don't do that ma'am yeah it one it might be trickier now that you know twitter doesn't hold the sway that it used to that other people are 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 um uh using other platform using other platforms the way they would have used to have used twitter maybe completely that's so accurate i um, quick plug for myself. Mm-hmm. I had a movie come out on Tuesday. Yay! Links in the description. It. Hell yeah! Always Lola. I've got a postcard right next to me because mm-hmm. that's what's up. But uh, I have been. I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram, DJ. You do, so you've mm-hmm. probably seen this. I have been just like going balls to the wall, nonstop social mediaing it on Instagram. Story, 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 story. I have not tweeted once about it. And that is so weird because Twitter was always my platform and I never storied anything. Mm -hmm. But since all the changes have happened, I I don't know. I'm just not on there. Like sometimes I get tagged in something so I get a notification. So I'll go and I'll retweet it. But it just it doesn't work the same thing. And every single time I go on there, it's something about the Jews being hated and something about Elon being our savior. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, get me off of this app. Like. You can't curate it the way that you could anymore. Like, no matter how many people I'm blocking or muting on there, it's still not my friends that I'm seeing. It's still not my people I'm going out to. I still am ending up getting in fights with strangers. And it was just like, this this app sucks now. It sucks. Yeah. I was hoping Threads would be the new Twitter, but it hasn't become that. So it's just crazy that the time that we're in now where I guess that's why you go to Instagram because even me, who had the big, one of the biggest days of my life or, or things that you would tweet just so people could click on it. Cause mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to click. And I have not even tweeted. Cause I'm just like, eh, fuck this app. Yeah. Yeah, I, totally. And it's one of those, like, I need to figure out, you know, I, I I've tried using threads and I need to be more diligent about it. threads and blue sky, but it's just one of those, you throw something out there and like crickets, like, uh, yeah. All right. I don't, <laughs> It's not about the recognition, but it is about the recognition. You know, so, like it's, it's not social media. Be- it's about yeah. interacting. Yeah, it's about yeah. being social and hearing your friends' opinions on what you said, and yeah. and like engaging and having conversations. Especially for somebody like me, DJ, as we talk about, like I'm solo dolo, so it is a big part of my life, like communicating with my people that way and being like, oh, this is what they think. This is what I think. This is cool. This is how I felt about that episode. This is how yeah. I feel about this world event. Whatever. Uh, and the discourse is just not like that anymore. And it's like, you know, if you say one thing over there, people then will like take the one comment that you made, say that you make a comment about 
Russia and Ukraine there, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden everything you ever post, what they're responding to on Twitter is just about your Russia and Ukraine comment, just on different threads of yours. Yeah. Like then you could post about the Marvels and they're like, but you think that Ukrainian people deserve the right to exist. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but I just posted about the Marvels. Can you leave me alone? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I do think that, but uh Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. I need to I, yeah, I want to uh I uh and it's one of those catch twenty twos of like for me at least, is like, am I what's the word like I'm uh, not uh uh enabling Twitter. Yeah, because there's some the the one where I really started to be like, because obviously it's been like increasingly toxic for a while. But there was like a big anti-trans ad campaign. I'm going to presume from like Daily Wire or wherever. Uh, I've been seeing those ads on YouTube as well, which is fucking wild. Um, if you see an anti-trans ad on our YouTube video, we fucking don't promote that shit, man. <laughs> uh, on podcasts, I get to say yeah. not yeah. these. On YouTube, I don't. Uh, there's not a button I get to press to be like not these ones, please. But that's crazy. So I saw that and I was like, "Fuck! Is it? Is it?" I am like a voice in the darkness, like trying to to promote things that I do believe in on this site that has become increasingly toxic. Or is my presence here adding value to a platform owned by a guy that I don't believe in or respect or think is a good person? And you know what I mean? Like I think it's the latter, DJ. I think it really is the latter. And I want to get. I am going to get back on and trying to. It's just sometimes so exhausting to be that person no. that you're that you are um but i don't think it's the former i don't think that you are adding to the toxicity by supporting the app you know like yeah it, one of the only reasons why people like me would get back on there is to see tweets like yours yeah you know so no i, I, just, I don't think that but i I'm get just, the question i'm just hoping at some point like the uh uh the bank or like do, do they have shareholders i don't fucking somebody's like you know what man we need the site making money again. So let's, uh, let's say we are taking it back. So fucked up. I mean, it, just absolutely enraging what mm -hmm. he has done and it, just continues to do just the most. Uh, yeah. I can't stand him. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a, he, I feel confident saying he's an objectively bad person. I feel like, you know, obviously there's people that would, uh, uh, quibble with that but i think they're wrong i think he's objectively a bad person and also but oof, you know this does connect to some other other things um just ceos across the board not doing so hot um and i have feelings about that but you know what <laughs> let's get into this, the main show the main show is uh we're going to be talking about there was an article published like a few weeks ago now um, uh, about some of the behind-the-scenes drama with Marvel, and we're going to be talking about, about that, not only as it pertains to the future of Marvel, but movies in general, just because Marvel has, has had such a stranglehold on the type of movies that get put out. But before we do that, of course, if you want to watch the show uh, live, or if you want to watch it, uh, listen to it ad-free, or if you want to check out Patreon-exclusive shows like Spider-Versity or What We're Into, you can do that over at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It is very helpful. If you listen on Spotify, uh, every week we ask a question. Last question was, what is your favorite YA series? This was in response to uh, the new Hunger Games movie. Jonah Hawkins says, I've been a Percy Jackson kid since middle school. Let's hope the show is better than the movie. Rasa hmm. Marie says, whenever a student asks for a recommendation, I always say The Lunar Chronicles. It's a retelling of Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, and Snow White. It's set in a future and in space. 
multiple thumbs up. Um, Whenever who asks a student? Student. So I'm guessing race as a teacher mm. is the implication there. Uh, and also just to update Roxy, I did watch the Hunger Games movies. And they're fine. They're good. I, they're, it's it's not my uh, it's not my genre. I found the like um, love triangle like uh, exhausting. Like fucking pick one. Like fucking pick pick a lane. Um, uh, and also both guys were so needy. It's like I, I neither. Uh, what was? Well, who's what did the you think of Liam Hemsworth as an actor? He's good. He's he yeah, he, he is. Yeah. You hear him talk. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Chris. You know, it's like, oh, we can't we can't get Chris. Well, Liam's right there. Um, I liked. For me, it's like, is it what is it? Peta and who's the other guy? Whatever, um, Liam. Peta and Liam. And I was like, look into that Finnick guy. He seems pretty cool. I'm into that. I'm into that guy. He seems like he's. He just seems less needy. I think. Um, I feel and, you on that. Did so. Other than the love triangle, though, did you prefer these two? The prequel, or you like the prequel more? I, I, weirdly, I think in some ways I like the prequel more for one mm. reason, in that it, it, my issue with the bulk of the original Hunger Games movies is I was surprised at how passive Katniss was. Like, most of the movies is people telling Katniss where to go and what to do. Like, to the point where um, I I knew the basic structure of it. I thought... It was Katniss and Peta's idea to be like, we're going to build up our whole love story, and that's how we're both going to survive. And I didn't realize it was literally other characters being like, hey, uh, you should do this. And then like halfway through the movie, the game makers are like, by the way, two people can win. And it's like, oh, so she's not making any decisions. She's just like, oh, tell me where to go. Tell me what to do, and I'll do that thing. And so what I liked about the prequel, like if watching those movies – is Woody Harrelson's character Hamish? Is that his name? Whatever Woody Harrelson's character is. He's the one making the moves. Him him and Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's fucking... God, he's so fucking good. Um, him, Philip Seymour Hoffman and um, Mahershala Ali. Everybody... The cast in those movies is great. Those two, I was like, you two are too good for these movies. You're too... You're, you're working at a different level than literally everybody else in these movies. But, I feel like though that she's part of the system though, DJ. Right? Like, like that's already it's been completely. Um, that was the the cool juxtaposition is watching them at the or, origins have say and to be moving. And I understand the problem with the protagonist being passive. Yeah, it's not always the best device, but yeah. in the world, it kind of does make sense, right? It makes sense in the world. I, but I, I think that what the prequel kind of understood is it's actually Woody Harrelson's character that's making all the moves and then Katniss reacting to what he does. And so by making Snow in the prequel the mentor or whatever it's called and he's the one like i'm going to send all these waters but because the thing doesn't work it's basically going to be like little missiles it's like yeah yeah they're the ones the person in the arena is reacting this is the one making the moves i don't know how you how how you would change that within the premise but at least the prequel is like yeah we're following the person that's actually doing things obviously interesting how the games morphed uh yeah i the landscape and um uh, i yeah i do it is it is like I could see how people watching the prequel could be kind of like let down because like the arena is like way, it's just like a, underwhelming. yeah, it's a busted arena. It's like, well, this isn't going to be the other thing. And I think they do a little bit more of this in the prequel is uh, I noticed how in the main movies, how like they conveniently avoid Katniss, like 
she doesn't have to kill any of her friends. She doesn't have to, all the people she kills are like objectively bad people or like they do like fucked up things. Uh, like um, uh, anybody she makes friends with, somebody else kills them. She doesn't have to make that call. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's, that's why I have to, it's a YA movie. It's not, it's for, it's yeah, for younger people. Kill, there's the one kill in the prequels. I won't give it away, but that you like that Rachel does that you're like, Oof, that that was tough. And they do. do you know a what I'm li- talking about? I I think so. And they do a little bit of what they did in the other movies, where like this character in the prequels, there's that one redhead who's like like kind of like the main antagonist within the arena. And then there's like one moment right before she dies where she's like, oh, I can't all be for nothing. And you realize like, oh, this is just game shit. You know what I mean? Like this, she wasn't necessarily like a bad person right. outside of this context. And they do a little bit of that in the other ones. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting, um, it was an interesting, uh, experience going back and watching them. And again, I think the, the, the cast in the movie, it's insane that they got like, literally, I don't think there's a single role that somebody was not already famous or going to become famous after like every, literally every, like even Rue, like the little girl in the first one, that's Amanda Stanberg. She's in like bodies, bodies, bodies. And she's like, she's gone on to have, she's going to be in the new star Wars show. The Even the little kid has gone on to have like a huge career. So like everybody in the cast is great. Production values. Great. Um, themes obviously resonate with me. It's just the, the, um, it's just not my, and, and I can't like, do I think it's silly that Katniss's outfits are like a major plot point in every movie. Yeah, I do. But also, I watch superhero movies. How many times did Tom Holland... How many times was it a plot point that Tom Holland's getting a new Spider-Man suit? Every movie, man. So I can't throw stones at that. That's not fair of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish that you liked it a little more. But I'm not surprised because Lover of Love, Shipper of Ships, I obviously have a different... Uh... Gale. That was... Okay, so Gale. did you... Since you I had uh, Lover of Love, Shipper of Ships, were you Gale? Were you, were you, on, were you Gale or Peta? You know, I think that actually this is the first time that I did kind of flip flop. Okay. Because you feel for Gail. Yeah. But then it's like, but it's Peta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, and I don't who, know that they were do. You? Uh, again, I originally was Gail, and then in the last two movies we spent a lot more time with Gail, and he's just whining a lot, and it's like both these guys need to get a life outside of Katniss. Both, you know, you've got other things going on in the world. Um, but um, I and I don't know. Maybe in the books they explore this more. But it almost seemed like a plot point that like Katniss likes wounded little birds, and I've known girls like that that like they want somebody to take care of. And it feels like I would have liked to have explored that more. Uh, and I almost wonder, and I don't know if this is fair, but with like why stuff like this in Twilight, it's like is this the author telling on themselves? Is this, <laughs> is this the saying like this is what I'm into? I like guys that like need me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so again, for me, it was Finnick. He seemed cool. I liked and He wasn't part of the love triangle. The order, the order that you watched it in. Do you feel like that's a good order for people who haven't seen any of these movies? Um, I'm always, a, you know, we operate in circles where people are like, you know, here's the correct order to watch stuff. Watch yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm watch them when they were released. Uh, you know what I mean? I think this works. I was actually surprised, like nothing like. Um, sometimes when you watch a prequel first, you're like, wait a second, uh, this thing doesn't line up. I was actually pretty surprised. Like, no, nothing, nothing in the, the core movies contradicts anything 
that happened in the prequel. It wasn't like I watched the prequel and then I watched the other ones. I'm like, well, now the prequel doesn't make sense. It's like, no, it's, it eats, all the stuff is... Yeah. Uh, it's not like Snow says something that contradicts anything that happened in the prequels. It all it all tracks. Like it all makes sense. Um, so I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, I think I haven't watched them in a really long time, and this is making me really want to go back and rewatch them. Yeah, I think uh, everybody said two is the best. I think that's probably true. Although I do again, I like the later two because Katniss is out of the arena, and finally, well, even then, man, fucking. The people running the show, the the rebels or whatever, are like telling her what to do. I, I yeah, I wish Katniss was a little more proactive, um, as opposed to everybody. Even her final mission to get snow, it's like Mahershala Ali, like here, go get snow, and it's like, I, does she? Why does this girl need people's permission for like everything she does? Um, but, but I think she is just so engaging and endearing that I don't give a fuck. Oh, dude, right. again, Mahershala Ali and. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously, he passed away when he was making this, but it's like, ah, fuck, so good. But Everybody's Jennifer good. Lawrence is so good, too. Yeah, she's, she's really good. She is such a good lead. Like, Well, and um, Husherson, who plays PETA, great. You know, I don't care for the character, but he's really good. And everybody's good. Everybody's really, really good. talented. She beat out some some massive people for this. I mean, right. like, massive, massive people for this role. Um, and it made her whole career. Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, we haven't anyway. even gotten to our main stuff yet. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, let's let's dive in to let's do some some brief news. We're gonna, of course, start with Furiosa. New got a new trailer. Literally, as of this recording, dropped last night. Roxy just watched it. Roxy, what are your thoughts on the Furiosa trailer? Listen, I thought that this was really solid. I had I had heard a lot of people talking about it. I think Anya Taylor Joy is like just the she's the top of the generation i mean she really yeah. is she's incredible she i don't want to take away from her because this is still her but i think it's her eyes like she was mm-hmm. born with them yeah. i don't even know how much you can't you can't make those her eyes yeah. do everything for yeah. her and incredibly expressive of yeah. that 
she has this like stillness to her where you can still see everything going on. So in a world in which this actually could be really cheesy, mm-hmm. she makes it super grounded and gritty. And I just, I think that they did a good job. There is very little dialogue in the trailer, which causes you to really lean into it and watch it and be like, Ooh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's also one of those where we lay it out, no matter what you have to do, get back home. Yeah. Okay, so that's the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I even liked, sometimes I don't like in trailers when there's words on the screen because I'm just mm-hmm. like, eh, take away from the cinematic of it. Yeah. But the way that they came through and you're reading the next part and this is her odyssey, I just thought it was aesthetically really pleasing. Mm-hmm. I think they did a great job. And because there's so little dialogue, I didn't mind reading those. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, when I first watched it, 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 does, it had that issue of like, just, you know, sky high expectations from Fury Road. You know, I didn't know what to expect. And so I saw it. I was like, I don't know. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, is this too much like Fury Road? Is it not enough like Fury Road? And then after I sent it to you, I watched it again. And I was like, no, I'm into this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this now. Like, whatever, you know, because I didn't, other than Anya Taylor-Joy's in it. And I think I was aware Chris Hemsworth was in it. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and watching it is like, I'm going to like this movie. It's going to be great. I think, I think Anya Taylor Joy is great. I will say, and like, just like the eye, you know, her eyes are great, but she can't, you can't really take credit for that. This isn't her fault. She's not Charlie Theron. And it's like, I know she, this is like, we're following her as a kid, but I would have, I would have watched a prequel that was still Charlize because Charlize is Charlize. I do feel that way too, DJ, because while I will say that Anya Taylor-Joy is the best of the gen and she's yeah. growing up to be just like an absolute megastar. Charlize is my favorite actress of all time. Yeah. She's and, real good. And <laughs> because she's just, she is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and to watch her journey. I mean, if, if for people who haven't seen Monster, I think they're missing out on the greatest performance maybe ever. Mm-hmm. It is it is just, to me, there's nothing better than her as Eileen in Monster. I mean, she, she is just so great. So I'm with you. Like, she is not Charlize. And also, she doesn't look much like Charlize. Yeah. So there is that. You know, like, um, I actually didn't hate the solo movie as much as everybody else did. I, yeah, I, didn't, of- I, I enjoyed the solo movie for what it was. A lot of people's biggest problem was that Alden is not Harrison, right? Yeah. And wasn't really trying to be or was trying to be and it wasn't working. When you watch things like this, you are doing a comparison game of like, even if if you're playing the same character um, in any of these movies or even in prequels when you're not like Hunger Games that we were just talking about, even as I'm talking about Rachel Zegler compared to Jennifer Lawrence, you're just comparing the yeah. stars of the movies of the same franchises always anyway. Yeah. Um, let alone if there are ties or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think that she's, she's got a lot, she's got the weight of the world on her shoulder in this one, but I think she's going to succeed. Yeah. I think she's going to be great. I think George Miller is great. I think this movie's going to be good. I think the only thing that will, will, that could possibly hinder this movie is that it's, not quite as good as Fury Road, but that's like a really high bar. Like it's, it's kind of like, you know, what's my main issue with across the spider verse. It's not as good as end of the spider verse, but also that's one of the best super, like, that's not fair. That's of course it's not, you know what I mean? Like what, what is going to be? Um, so, uh, let's, I real quick, we got another piece of news. I'm going to say a piece of news that we're not going to talk about, uh, that happened while we were on break. 
Um, Melissa Barrara, um, star of the most recent Scream movies, has been fired from Scream 7, uh, based according to Spyglass, based on some posts she made about Palestine. The reason we're going to talk about it is uh, Roxy and I had an opportunity to discuss it very briefly uh, before we did the show. Um, that there, it's it'd be hard to discuss this without like getting into the whole socio political situation. Uh, and that's not what the show is. There's a new show that I love listening to, and occasionally they'll start dipping into pop culture talk. I'm like, that's not why I listen to this show. I listen to this show for news. And so similar, I don't want to fall into the same trap. Not to say that we might not discuss it in the future. I do think it's important. Um, um, I will say that there was a Rolling Stone article written by Marlo Stern that I think covers the issue um, and and the and the the, the problems around it um, in a really good way, better way than I probably could. So uh, I recommend you checking out that Rolling Stone article. Um, but yeah, we might discuss it in the future, uh, just just not today because we don't want to get sucked into the whole political thing. Not that the political thing doesn't matter, just not that's not what this show is. <clears throat> Roxy, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I think that's right. You're just reporting the news right now, which yeah. is that he's not going to be in Scream. Um, yeah. Which is the the entertainment portion of it. And we have definitely thoughts on the yeah. rest of it. Per- perhaps a different show, different time. Different show, different time. Uh, before we get into the main topic, I did want to touch on an article Deadline posted. Because um, strikes, I don't know about you, Roxy, still heavily on my mind. A lot of actors in my feed gassing each other up to go back on the picket lines <laughs> um so uh i eat a lot of a lot of stuff talking like like it's in the rear view i'm holding my breath till december 5th I'm, wait, I'm in a big wait and see thing but there was a deadline article talking about uh what the residual models might look like um the, and this is from deadline the wga's contract which was secured in september included a bonus structure that would trigger an additional payment for any title that met specific viewership threshold threshold while sag aftra which is waiting for the results of the ratification vote on december 5th had initially hoped for more it ultimately agreed in its tentative agreement to a bonus structure similar to the wga's um uh, I would say this is a quote within the article from a top agent. I would say the studio didn't go hugely far with what they were doing. Uh, they kept it in some way in a box and they kept it uh, to a result that ultimately will not really pull in a huge number of shows. And what they're referring to is the amount of shows that would that would um, uh, trigger this bonus for the people in it. The splashy shows are really the ones that will be rewarded. So in order to be eligible for the bonus, a title must receive enough domestic quote views in its first 90 days to be uh, to be equivalent of 20% of the streaming services domestic subscribers. Views are defined as the hours viewed divided by the runtime of the of a project rather than a true number of unique accounts that interact with the title. Uh, for the WGA, the credited writer for each episode will receive an additional 50% of their fixed domestic and foreign residual. If the show meets the above criteria for SAG after any title that surpasses the viewership threshold will trigger a payment for each principal performer equivalent to 100% of the fixed residual. However, the performer will only receive 75% of the tra- uh, payment with 25% will be funneled into a fund controlled by SAG after and MPTP trustees to be distributed among the rest of the union's members. So basically, uh, if this if one of these shows reaches the threshold, um, uh, the people involved in the project with the WGA will get uh, will get a pay bump with SAG. They'll get a pay bump, but some of that will go into what is functionally a slush fund. And the way they're saying they're going to use that slush fund is for other p- 
people, other actors and other projects that don't reach that threshold. So if you're not in Stranger Things or the new Marvel show, you still will uh, theoretically uh, still receive a bit of a bump from this new system. Uh, one of the trickier things about this, apparently, according to this article, is Amazon uh, because it has 168 million U.S. subscribers, um, uh, which would set a nearly impossible threshold for any title to achieve 20% viewership because a lot of those subscribers are want free shipping and not necessarily watching the peripheral or whatever. Um, so if you're subscribe, if it's based on the percentage of people that subscribe to your thing, watching a thing, that's going to be harder to hit with Amazon. So long story short, it's, uh, fucking tricky. And also it doesn't apparently cover, um, shows that were licensed or acquired. So like suits was one of the biggest hits of the summer. Nobody's apparently going to be getting a pay bump from that. Um, um, uh, and they they have a quote here from uh, Offenberg, who's an analyst. He says, the reality is there's no perfect way to measure viewership. They don't know how many people are in the room watching. You don't know if they're actually watching or if they're folding laundry. We're going to build a human habitation on Mars before we actually accurately measure viewership. It's just not possible. Anything that they came up with is going to be fine. It's better than using parrot analytics data or anything like that because it's a real data from their platform. I think that this is more than anything a play for data transparency. Um, this was a way to negotiate to get them to hand over some some data. It's not perfect, but they're uh, getting the data. And with that data, I think they're going to be able to negotiate much more in years to come. Levi. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it, it is already complicated and we'll see how the transparency goes on it because like what is very challenging, you know, most people who take jobs know mm -hmm. exactly how they're getting paid. Yes. And as an actor, you don't. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't really change that fully. Like, yeah, it's very confusing and complicated. And also there are balances put in place, but at the same time, like, okay, for example, and obviously they're talking about transparency of streaming numbers, but like I had a, my movie came out this week and all I know is that everybody at home is messaging me that they've seen it, but I have no access to, I have no idea. Yeah. Just none, just absolutely none. Uh, and anybody who's taken a back end deal on anything or deferred payment on anything relies on those numbers. Yeah. And, um, and that has been the way that, that actors have been dealing with this for years not even just with this negotiation but always like it's a confusing way that people get paid and that's why you see people getting residuals for 61 cents mm -hmm. and it's like they don't even know what that for okay what, what yeah. whatever that is so i think this is complicated and i think that it's better complicated is better than nothing it's better it's moving in the right direction but i also think dj that we are seeing a, a lot of people who are going to be voting no on this regardless. So it's like, yeah. and and not just because of the AI stuff, but because of the residual stuff as well. And because of several different parts of the contract, I'm curious if this is going to go through. I mean, last night I had dinner with a couple of actor friends of mine and they're voting yes. And they were like, um, yeah, it's definitely going through. And I was like, a lot of people are voting no. And they were like, people are voting no. Mm -hmm. And they were so out of the bubble. And these are major working actors. I mean, these are people who like are um, name people who book, book, book. Yeah. And 
So I, I really don't know whether it's just the bubble that I'm in where I'm mm-hmm. hearing so many people are voting no. Yeah, same. Uh, or it's just the that... people that are voting no are more vocal about it because it's similar oh, to right. you. And I don't know that this means anything. It's just anecdotally. Act, working actors are like, yeah, I'll vote yes. Actors that maybe I've never heard of or maybe, you know, are doing other things but also happen to be in SAG are like, you got to vote no. And I was like, I, you know, I, the, my opinion doesn't matter. I'm not SAG. I'm not voting. Uh, I would love it if the strike was over. <laughs> that would be, I think that would be great. I also think there is an element. I, I do think voting, and this is not to say that people shouldn't. People should vote their conscience. I do think, I, I don't know that people are adequately preparing in their own mind what voting no means. Uh, well, I think we don't, know, we don't know what it means. Like, yeah, like I think there's going to be, I think it's more complicated than it's like, we'll just go back on strike. It's like, but you might not have the support you used to have from other, you, you know what I mean? It's just going to be complicated, but whatever, that doesn't matter. I also wonder, and this connects back to our Elon conversation. There is it for me, it's just the way it feels. There is an element of this, especially like reading this article and listening to people like the Zaslavs and the Igers of the world, where it feels like moving deck chairs around on the Titanic. Like, I don't know that the studio system, as we recognize it, will exist in three years just because of how poorly these people are running these companies. Like, you know what I mean? Like Warner Brothers, that's, I was going to say Disney, Disney's Disney, it could last the heat death of the universe. But like Warner Brothers might not exist as we understand it in three years. And you might be dealing with the A24s and the Neons and stuff like that, that it seemed to be more amenable to their performers and i also find it i still find it really fucking suspicious that even after all this shit the streamers are like no we're not going to let anybody know it's still like a black box these numbers fucking why man fucking why and that's a big problem too and i do think what you're talking about dj is valid however it is the difference between producers and distributors yeah and while the a24s and neons of the world yes in terms of theatrical releases mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. might not necessarily need the warner brothers of the world um or the uh, netflix of the world or the disney's of the world but for most movies going forward they're streaming movies yeah and they need platforms for this and yeah. those platforms that exist are associated with these massive producers that are the distributors so even something like um my movie always lola which was obviously wildly independently produced yeah still at the end of the day i have to say go over to amazon or google play or you know like that and so that exists and i think that that will exist in some capacity even if the studios are not the producers and that's obviously better because then they don't have their fingers in the cookie jar in two locations and they're not uh yeah and they're not artistically dealing with this but they still are the the ways that people are viewing content which is complicated. And then I will also say that while I think that you are not incorrect, DJ, about who wants no on this and who wants yes on this, sometimes the other side of this is that there's a lot of pressure from different unions and different members of the industry as well. So for example, the PAs um, put out a statement saying, we are urging you, encouraging you, please vote no. And Mm. they were like, this is really majorly affecting us. And this AI issue um, in particular, but also with how you guys are getting paid is affecting how we on set are going to make money and we won't be able to make a living if you guys say yes to this. Now, that was like a big announcement by um, 
by I think thousands of thousands of PAs who are merged together in this. They don't have their their um, part of a union, but in yeah. their their Instagram page or whatever. And simultaneously, agents and managers are urging their clients to vote yes on this because mm-hmm. they have obviously stake in the game, and they're like, yeah. "We need you to get back to work." you need to get back to work. We need your 10%. You need money. So I think that it is the only people that actors can really listen to right now, if they're listening to anybody is fellow actors, because they are the ones who are getting affected equally and don't have a different dog in the fight. But that is also problematic because there are actors at extremely different levels, of course. And like you Mm -hmm. just talked about, somebody who makes 100% of their living from acting versus somebody who makes maybe 2% of their living from acting and 98% of their living from other jobs need different things, want different things, have different residual structures that would work for them, which is the problem with having 160,000 people in the union to begin with. So, you know, I think that this is very complicated. You do have to vote where your heart is. Anybody who's telling somebody else how to vote, I think is a prick because it's not your job to tell somebody how to vote. It's okay to say, here's how I'm voting and here's why. You can make your argument. Yeah, but you can't like- But I don't like, this is what you should do because you don't know me. Yeah. You don't know what I should do. You don't know what I should do for my five kids. You yeah. don't know what, I, and obviously that's not me, but you yeah. don't know what I should do for a sick parent. You don't know what I should do for myself, for my mental health. You don't know what I should do for the longevity of my life. Like you don't know how I should vote because we're different people and this is affecting us differently. So it's, it is really difficult. I have a feeling, I thought that this might not go through. My gut is now telling me that it is going to go through. And I've actually been speaking to a lot of actors who are voting no, who still hope that it goes through and they're voting no because they want it on record that they don't like this deal, but yeah. they are hoping that it goes through Classic. so that they can get back to work, which yep. is a hysterical stance to have. I mean, that's, um, you know, uh, but also normal to people that vote on, you know what I mean? Like, not like. Totally, yeah. totally. It's like on record, I want it to be said this, yeah. but in in reality, I want to get back to work. And yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it is. Well, we will see, but my gut is now telling me, especially having have conversations with a lot of my real, like really working. And some of my working actor friends are saying no, they're yeah. voting no, and they're really working. But the the majority of people, I think, and I actually don't even know the percentage that has to vote yes for it to pass. Well, and also we don't know with 160,000, how many are going to vote. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just like any election, uh, you know what I mean? And I just have you- to assume that a lot of them don't even know people are voting now. So I think that yes. a lot of them are just going to click, click. I think so, you. too. Um, um, and and obviously, like I said, like for me, it'd be fucking uh, if, if another strike happened, it would stress me the fuck out. But listen, that's as Roxy was touching on. People are going to have to vote their conscience. You're and especially I'm not an actor. So like like my opinion really doesn't fucking matter um, on, on this. Um, so, you know. Uh, and I don't even know how many fucking actors are listening to this, but do your research. I know that um, uh, they're doing town halls, discussing why they the, discuss what they're talked about. Um, um, and it is tough because it's like, you know, reading this, it's like, it's not like the writers got everything they wanted. I, I, is that, do you keep pushing or do you, do you like, you know, roll the dice with what you got and move forward? People are going to have to make that call for themselves. Just like any election, you're going to have to make the call that you think works best for you. People can make their arguments and, uh, you know, you're going to have to evaluate that stuff and we'll see. And hopefully, um, uh, and I do, um, I do, I do hope that if studios continue to be like, 
you know, we're going to keep pulling content and we're going to shove AI and everything, people are going to stop watching. Yeah. Um, and so it will, it will, elements of it will correct itself that way. I also wouldn't mind it if there was legislation like, no, motherfuckers, you got to, because now it seems like it's going to have to be legislation that's like, no, you have to share your numbers. You got to, you can't just keep it in a black box. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do think this is a segue into when we're talking about the future of movies. And this is a segue into what is supposed to be our main topic today, which is this article from Variety that talked about some behind-the-scenes stuff with Marvel, not the least of which is, um, and of course, this was before the this article came out before the end of Loki, um, and before uh, as of this recording, I know Jonathan Major's trial has just started. I haven't really been. I'm stressed out about enough stuff. I don't need to fucking John with my follow the John with the major shit. Uh, that once I'll I'll check back in once it's done. I do believe the judge was like, "No, press isn't allowed in here." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucking don't do that. Don't fucking do that shit." Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it that it does make a difference in trials. As much as I want to be like the public has a right to know. It's like yeah. We cannot pretend like the press did not affect the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Exactly. Like, no matter where you be- what you believe happened, like to say that the press had no effect on that, like Johnny's lawyers did, is like that's an, an egregious belief. Yeah. That's however you fall. That's objectively not true. That's not <laughs> yeah. true. This is not true. So when I heard that, like Jonathan, the judge on that was like, "No, no press." I'm like, "You yeah, fucking good call." Um, I, let me know how it shakes out. Um, so anyway. Part of the issues are they've like uh, originally Marvel had put their horse behind the king of it all, but there's also stuff like um, um, you know the the uh, kind of behind the scenes stuff with VFX. It says the um, there was a schedule swap swap between Marvels and Ant Man, which put the Ant Man sequel in a squeeze, pushing its post production schedule uh, by up by four and a half months. Um, Marvel films are known to coming down to the wire, giving Kevin Feige the ability to, quote, foam the runway to land the plane that way, says an executive familiar for how the company operates. But this, uh, but stuff was unfinished. And of course, um, things have, were so dire for the VFX company that they're unionizing, which I think is a fucking great thing. Uh, more yeah. unions, please. Because um, uh, clearly that's the only way we're going to be able to protect ourselves from these people. Um, and... Yeah. Um, Marvel. The article talks about Marvel's bleeding money, uh, with a single episode of She-Hulk costing some twenty-five million dollars, dwarfing the budget. Roxy, this blew my fucking mind. the The episodes of She-Hulk, which is a show I really enjoyed, uh, the budget dwarfs episodes from the final season of Game of Thrones. That you fucked up. <laughs> that's that's that's. I it, and also you talking about the season that we saw of She-Hulk. The season that we saw of She-Hulk, not yes. an upcoming season. Yes, the se- episodes of She-Hulk. What episodes were twenty-five million dollars? What? And again, I can't stress enough. I actually really liked She-Hulk, but Me like, too. if that if those episodes cost more than the final episodes of final season of Game of Thrones, you fucked up. That you, you know, made, you made a mistake. Are, 
Is it the daredevil stuff? Like, was it actor? I mean, like, what, what, what could have cost twenty five million dollars for that show? It's a workplace sitcom. <laughs> it's like if you would ask me, I would have said that each episode was maybe two mil. Yeah, like not that it would be a cheap. One of your leads is a CG character most of the time. That's not cheap. But like Game of Thrones had like dragon battles and shit. Like, what are you doing? What's happening? Gee, that's a that. What? Yeah. So, uh, uh, and but we cannot it, and it, afford to give anybody a raise. But we will throw twenty five million dollars at this episode on what? Then what did you spend the money on? Yes, if it's not your performers, and I wonder uh, the the article leads me to believe at least part of this is is reshoots. Um, there was there was behind the scenes uh, drama with uh, the Marvels and Blade um, to the point where they're talking. There's internal talking, and of course there is. This isn't a shock. There's internal talking of maybe bringing the original Avengers team back. But again, then you're just fucking burning more cash. None of those people are going to be cheap. How are you guys supposed to make any money if a single episode of She-Hulk costs $25 million? I don't understand. Like, And then you guys are like, we're not making any money, so we can't pay people more because we're losing money. And it's like you're losing money because one of your executives made the decision to make an episode of She-Hulk $25 million. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? If you had said to me, DJ, $10 million, I would have said that was a, re- a lot for an episode of She-Hulk. Yes. Yeah. And I don't, I do not, I don't have any, the, the article does not necessarily specify and I don't have um, answers for you, but I, I do feel like, what? I do feel, feel like um, it, you know, like some of the conversation around the stuff is like, uh, you know, the problem is Marvel had a plan in the first three phases and now they don't have a plan. They didn't have a plan in the first three phases. What are you talking about? The plan was we're going to introduce these people in the, in a movie and then they're going to all team up on another movie. And then the plan after that was, you know, all the MacGuffins in our other movies, they're all going to be one MacGuffin and we're all going to put all the MacGuffins together in another movie. That was it. Uh, and so I think part of this is this, we'll shoot a bunch of shit, figure it out and post was fine when it's like maybe two movies a year. And maybe when it, and when literally the only interconnecting thing is Iron Man's going to team up with Cap, who's going to team up with Thor. When you start getting in four movies a year plus four TV shows and the multiverse, and now we're going to have actors from other dimensions, it's like you can't fucking wing that shit, man. You've got to have either dial it back or like sit down and figure it out because this is idea. Because I know with She Hulk, the first episode was supposed to be the second to last episode, and then they had to move it around to reshoot stuff, which had to have raised uh, the, the budgets on everything. And it's like you can't. You can't do that. Like you just you that's not how one, that's not how shows work. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't pull that shit with Game of Thrones, which is probably why their episodes didn't cost twenty five million dollars an episode. Do you feel like this is a weird question, but like a person off the street could run this better? Um, not necessarily just a person off the street, but I do I can't <clears throat> mm. um I do think that there is a level like i think it was just this week Iger was talking about like you know what the problem with marvels was is there weren't enough execs on set and it's like well i can tell you bob that probably wasn't it <laughs> it's probably uh not the issue and so there is this kind of like you we watch succession we've seen you know what i mean like where these people are in a room and somebody throws out an objectively like insane idea and everybody's too afraid to be like 
what are you talking about? Don't do that. Um, and so I do think in a sense that a more stripped down, I mean, that was probably Marvel's original success, right? Like it was, it was probably Kevin Feige and a couple other guys like making some calls and now it's the big behemoth that is. So like maybe not a person off the street, but definitely a more stripped down focus. I mean, what do you think? I just, the, the decisions that we continue to see billionaires make it baffle me because it leads you to, it leads you to this question. How did you become a billionaire? Yeah. So maybe I'm dead wrong, you know, like I, you're the billionaire. So obviously decisions that you're making have worked out better for you in your life than have in mine. But I don't understand how you could make some of these choices and expect your company to run. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. I hope I don't get off myself off the rails in this one. I was I was watching an economic video about Norway, <laughs> which has a very great economy, and they just discovered oh what was it? It was like phosphorus. It was it's some material mineral that we use in like computer chips and shit. And they discovered a whole shitload of it, so they already had a great is economy. What, is it what's in Congo that they're mining? Uh, I don't no, I don't think so. It is in another country. I want to say it's Morocco. Um, but anyway, uh, sorry, everybody. I don't have the specifics in front of me. I didn't think I was going to bring this up today. I bring it up. I bring it up because this economy video is talking about how like, actually, you know, sometimes it happens. A country finds a buttload of a thing that makes them super wealthy. And then they fucking use that money in really stupid ways. And then they become poorer than when they found the thing. And it was about how Norway is using that like a lot of the money they're getting goes into a fund so that when they run out of the material they also have a lot of gas exports when that shit runs out their people won't know the, the society will still be able to function at the same level it is because they're saving that money and they're making a lot of smart decisions i would argue not traditionally very capitalist decisions uh, that are helping them out and going to help them out in the long run and i feel like I, I see parallels in the way studios are run because it's this very exploitative process. We need to suck out as much as we can. And the problem is, is that's not sustainable. Um, that's not a sustainable way to run a business. Uh, it is a great way that if you're an exec, you can suck all the value out of a business and then use your golden parachute. And now you're great, even though the thing you were running is now dead in the water. Um, if Zaslav runs Warner Brothers in the ground, if Elon Musk runs Twitter in the ground, they're going to be fine. It's the company and all the people that work for them that aren't going to be fine. Um, so I do think, like, I, ju I just think that there, there are better ways to run this stuff. If your goal is, if your goal is not your own personal financial success and your goal is to actually have a company that makes things people want to see and is long-term successful and you're thinking about long-term there are there have to be better ways to run the stuff and i think the problem is our socioeconomic structure does not benefit people thinking long term like the um what was it the instapot i think it was some some invention that like people loved and was great and then the company was bankrupt cuz they made a good product the people that didn't break and people didn't need to buy a bunch more of so people bought it and then they stopped buying it cuz the product was good and it worked and no more people didn't need it. And because our system isn't built that way, our system is built to be like, you have a shirt that you wear for a year and then you throw out and you buy a new shirt. The company went bankrupt, you know? Um, you see it all the time on Shark Tank, right? Where they'll bring on a product and they're like, we love that product. That product is amazing, but pe people will only ever need to purchase it once. And therefore it's not an investable product. 
And it's like, I hate it. <laughs> fuck me, bro. You made a great product that works and therefore it's not investable. What are we doing, man? What are we, why? What are we doing? So we have some questions from the Discord. Uh, Jake Hefner, do you actually think the MCU's best days are behind them or do you think they can actually pull out of the slump they're in? Marvel or the MCU? The question is the MCU. Then yes, I kind of do think that their best days are behind them. <laughs> so like, so for you, elaborate on the distinction. when you. So if yeah. you're saying MCU... No, but Marvel, yes. What does that mean to you? Well, okay. So the MCU, obviously, um, Robert Downey Jr. on, right? Like, that's what we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. I, and I've been saying this for, I'm going to say since Endgame. And I know Leonard Kim doesn't agree with me. I know a lot of people at home don't agree with me. I think you guys need, you were done with the story that you told. Yeah, And then we needed to reboot mm-hmm. because we finished the story. Yeah, Now it is like, what are we doing with the, uh, for people who have never seen an MCU project who are 12 years old, yeah. how are they supposed to get involved? Mm-hmm. And, and while I do believe Star Wars is for, can be for adults too. Marvel can be for adults too. Of course, I'm one of those adults. Yeah. It's about lessons for kids. Yeah. It's about fa- being family friendly. We should not completely ignore our audience under 18 years old because the people my age are like, but I want to see more Captain America as Chris Evans. 100%. Like, that's my Captain America. That's a crazy theory that Marvel is supposed to cater to me mm-hmm. is asinine. Yeah. I think it's nuts. So I think that the MCU happened already mm-hmm. and now we're just using some of those actors still moving forward like i think that they need to they needed to wrap it up like any franchise ever has done except for them mm-hmm. they're the only ones who are like actually there's no end point we're no. going fate what are we phase six? Oh, great question the fact that i, I don't even know well, we're not we're- I think we're still in phase five. Phase five? Okay. Yeah. But with it, they've laid out phase six and phase yes. seven. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about phase seven? <laughs> Start again. Let let this be for the people. You can't just require, if you want to watch um, a movie, you have to have seen 35 other projects first. Yeah. Well, and I think, in, and I wonder, um, I totally agree with you because I think this is a problem comics have struggled with with a wire for, for since I've been alive, which is they work so hard to cater to their existing fans. They forget that those existing fans started somewhere and it was as kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like cool that you're telling stories that are catering to like 30 to 60 year old white men mostly. But for one, those people are fucking aging out. Um, and so it's, and we all started it's guys in brightly colored suits swinging around cities. Like the gateway is children and that's okay. That's a good, that's fine. That's a good thing. Um, when does it end DJ? When does the MCU, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm treating MCU n- not like it's going to be all some sim- Marvel cinematic forever. I'm treating it like the Robert Downey Jr. Age. Yeah. So when does that end? Are we going to ever end? And after phase seven, is there phase eight, nine? Do we just always keep morphing it? 
I feel like, I mean, obviously it's when they stop making money, but I do feel like in response to this, the, the vibe I've been getting, I don't know, or at least maybe this is what I would do. You know, they've said we're going to do Avengers Secret Wars and the comics, the ones they're probably basing it off of, that's a big multiverse crossover thing that did do a very light reboot of the comics. Marvel's never had a uh, hard reboot like DC has, but like a soft reboot. <clears throat> and I think that's a perfect opportunity to do a, if they're waiting that long, which I don't know that they can afford to, do a um, a, a reboot. Do 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 in in a. I think you can even get away with a soft reboot in that. Like, um, and this is going to sound crazy to people, but I do think if you're thinking of long term success, this is what I would do. James Bond. Every few years, new James Bond, and for up until the Daniel Craig era, the implication was all the other James Bond adventures happened. Uh, but they just also kind of don't matter. Where this is a new James Bond. And I think you could get away. It it might seem crazy, but I think you could get away with that with the MCU. You reboot. You have new Iron Man, new Cap, new whatever. And then when one of those actors gets tired or ages out or whatever, here's the new one. But the old adventures still happened. Probably we'll touch on them if we need to, but we don't need. You know what I mean? We'll just keep moving forward like James Bond has. Um, and so you might like. Uh, Iron Man 2 and Cap 2 might team up and then eventually it might be Iron Man 3 but still Cap 2 and I think audiences will be like yeah I get it Steve Rogers Tony Stark I understand and uh and then and then you can and then there doesn't necessarily need what the MC did was great the way it built up to Endgame but I don't know that you can keep doing that and so you just have the continuity be looser and you and you do that um until you stop, but I do. I think the way execs will be like is like, well, we've got to bring Robert Downey Jr. back, and it's like, do you gotta? I listen, love him, great as Iron Man, but like, don't try new things. Maybe I, you know what I mean. Like I, you can, you can, but studios are bad at that. <laughs> it's like we got it. The thing that made us money before we got to keep doing the same thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me that there wouldn't be a hard reboot at some point. Like I, I think that maybe after secret wars, whatever, but yeah, different planet, different universe. This all did happen. Just like, you know, it's like, I, I look at it closer to Spider-Man or, mm -hmm. or the DC where it's like, you don't want to just land it in the chat saying, you know, the Marvels, in my opinion, is a fantastic movie to be a gateway for younger people. It's not nice to do to them to say, like, just hop on in there, guys. Yeah. Just hop on in there. Start with the Marvels. It's fine. You'll understand. Like, give them their own original people yeah. and tell different stories. There's a, there's, be creatives. Tell mm -hmm. new stories. Relaunch this. And maybe the center of your universe is an Iron Man. Maybe yeah. the center of your universe is uh i don't know scarlet witch whatever like maybe you have a new center that you start with their film it's a new actor and tell different stories and see how it goes and of course a couple movies in is there a, a multiverse situation in which chris evans can pop in or, yeah. or whatever cool rad but like i, I just done you did it you did it better than anybody's ever done it ever and now you are yeah. dragging it and you, yeah. of course there's still projects that i like there are properties that i like like shield there are things that i'm like oh that was fun to watch it's not like i hate everything marvel's doing in any way shape or form yeah but oh my god how many yeah. faces are you gonna have this is this is absurd 
Well, and to your point, you know, a lot of people's exposure to this stuff was through animated series, and that's what happens with even something like that's not super related, like what well, you know, tangentially super related, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Every or Power Rangers, every few generations, they have their own version. Like there's been since I watched Ninja Turtles, there's been like four or five or six new animated series that is somebody else's Ninja Turtles. Like that's their gateway into it. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think if you look at that model, uh, I, you know, I, I, my example was more like, you know, le- you keep loose continuity, but like to your point, you don't have to, you could just do every few years, you reboot the whole damn thing and let new people come in and tell new stories and with these characters. it's not every few years, DJ. It's been 15 years. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they should have scrapped it after phase one. Yeah. But after Endgame, was that a perfect time to say, <laughs> okay, end game. Yeah. End game. Yeah. Oh, phase seven? The fuck? I, th- I think... Um, uh, we've answered he was question uh, they hand you over the MCU do you start again with new characters recast what story would you like to adapt to the screen would you focus on movies or TV shows also no I'm probably in the minority but I still enjoy the movies and shows I just want fantasy things that take me away from being on an Excel spreadsheet all week so for you Roxy if they hand you over you mentioned man on the street They Kevin Feige hands it over to you you're like hard reboot Really and truly, DJ, yes. Yeah. And I know that people would be pissed at first. Yeah. But I do think that is the way to get people back to theaters. Yeah. You say you launch, and fine, maybe the first movie you launch with is Hulk or whatever, because mm-hmm. we know, who the hell knows? But, like, probably wouldn't be Hulk. That probably wouldn't be my mm-hmm. first choice. But just saying, like, you you pick a character, you figure out who is going to be your, your people that you want to play with in the sandbox, you launch with one of those characters and you you lean into that. Yeah. That that's what you do. And you tell different stories than the stories that have been told. We don't lead up to a Thanos story. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like we're telling the same story again just with different actors. Yeah. There, there's a whole Marvel world. Yeah. Let's just explore that. I, I think that people would be pissed at first, but of course, if you are starting a new Marvel universe. People are going to get their butts in the seats, and right now they're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough that it's tough that the tricky part with that is that you know you still have, especially at the time of Endgame, you'd only had one Doctor Strange, you'd only had one Captain Marvel, um, so there feels like still room to grow. I I think for me it comes down to, um, I like what James Gunn is saying over at DC, like we're not going to cast until we have a script. You know what I mean? Those story we're gonna start with the scripts. Like this, I for me, this idea of like we'll figure it out in post. Um, they were able to skate by in the first uh three phases. I don't think it's working for them anymore. So I think whatever you do, you need to focus on your stories. I weirdly it's weird that I'm saying this because I feel like on paper, I do agree with you, but I think there's still a little bit of gas in the MCU. I, I get that, think- like characters like Shang Chi and stuff like that. We would like to see a second movie for. I actually really liked Eternals. Yeah. I understand. I'm not saying that there's nothing left. Yeah, I, I am saying that sometimes it's good to leave a party before it's over. One thousand. That is incredibly true. That is incredibly true, and and I think that's proven true. As much as I would say, like I think there's ways you could do this. Like because again, it's like I would like to see the version of Moon Knight. 
that exists in this universe. And then I did, and I was like, oh, maybe not. Never mind. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't need that. <laughs> maybe, um, uh, maybe that was an on paper thing. Um, and it's also DJ. As much as we love this, I can't emphasize this enough. This isn't. It, we're not the only people. We're yeah. not the only consumers. We. The, the, we we need to think these businesses I feel like are thinking about what they want to see like like a Bob Iger sitting there like what would I want to see and it's mm -hmm. like what the fuck are you talking about what would you want to see yeah you old man mm -hmm. like and I'm not saying we shouldn't make content geared towards people like him or like me or like you or like anybody but can we please acknowledge that this is a it's a crazy thing to do to teenagers right now and and preteens to be like well phase 45 just mm -hmm. jump on in like what I, I and I do think and I don't think they've done this but I do think there there would have been a way with newer characters that you can introduce these characters that are part of this universe, but you don't need the knowledge. I think they're trying this with spotlight, but now it's even more complicated. Cause so like, so this, this Marvel spotlight banner is supposed to be a more continuity light version of the MCU, right? Still in the MCU, but you don't need to know all the continuity stuff. The first project on that is echo. Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin and Charlie Cox's daredevil are going to be an echo. Do I need, I don't even know if the Netflix show is in continuity. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, and so it's like, and, and that, I think that goes back to your like reboot it. Cause then you can do, um, you know, have the X-Men be a part of it from the start. I think they're, I think that's what they're building to. I think after secret wars, they're going to reboot it. I think they're, that's how they're going to, the X-Men are going to be whatever that reboot universe is. X-Men are going to be part of it from the jump. Um, we'll get new versions of the Avengers. And like you said, people are going to be mad, but I also think studios are maybe too worried about people, trolls online complaining about stuff. Cause it's like, we've had how many Batman we've had, how many Spider-Man we've had. And everybody loves every Spider-Man. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, people love Robert Downey Jr. They'll probably also love the new Iron Man as long as he cast it good. <laughs> it's not like Iron Man is this crazy mm -hmm. you, no no one could ever play him but robert downey jr the role so difficult character yeah like, just put somebody and maybe you do start with iron man i, I kind of think maybe you would you should start with captain america mm -hmm. i think with the way of the world right now it could be like a nice hopeful i don't know i i yeah. I'm, I'm going back and forth with where i would start if i'm rebooting but like like how DC has never accomplished the Justice League the way that they could have if they did the Marvel model of just like first tell a Superman story, yeah. then tell a Batman story, then tell Wonder Woman, then do something with three of them, then tell a Flash story, you know, like yeah. like what they could have done. We can do the Avengers again. Mm -hmm. We can. Yeah. We could do the Avengers yeah, and I think I honestly I would look at and, and they might be doing that. I would look at the ultimate lines that the ultimate line of comics that was kind of like a refresh of everything. The difficulty is like if you're like who would you start with uh, the one character that they don't own the rights to Spider Man. I'd start with yeah, I'd start with I do I do Spider Man. I do I the new event. I, you could call it Ultimate Avengers, but the ultimate. But you can't do Spider Man. So in this, what would you actually do, DJ? I would pro I would probably start with a new version instead of doing a, a new Iron Man movie, a new Captain America movie. I'd start yeah. with the new Avengers. Here's your new Iron Man, new Cap, new Thor, and then we spin off from there, and then X Men, and then Fantastic Four. 
There's your three. And then maybe you see you see how uh, Sony's feeling. Sony, can you give us? Can, we've done. We've made some money together. Uh, I know you want fucking Tom Hardy's Venom and Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven in there, but maybe you know Spider Man can be a part of our little. <clears throat> but those would be the four. Like those, it would be it be new version of Avengers, new X Men, uh, new Fantastic Four, new Spider Man, and that's that's a good that's a really good foundation to build off of. Yeah. And yeah. you cannot do that right now yeah. by just continuing to run it into the ground. Yeah. Even well, though I like a lot of the projects right now, even though I do, it's just yeah. like, oh my God, 15 yeah. years, bro. I, mean, I think that's the right number. When, when did, uh, 2007? Was so, I mean, yes, 2007? Literally 15, so 16 years. Let's double check. Cause Iron Man came out the same year as the dark Knight, which is still wild to me. 2008 excuse me okay so 15 years literally 15 years yeah wild wild we'll see we will see but roxy before we go where can the kids find you everywhere at roxy stryer check out always lola on link in the description. all vod platforms yeah and link in the description in the description check that out um you can find me dj talks trash you can follow the show everywhere that matters at only stupid answers but on twitter slash x Yank out the vowels from stupid. And we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.